0: pieces see so
1: the motherfucking snakes on a plane it's going to be a motherfucking cheese in a freezer
0: <laughs> cheese on freeze <laughs> cheese on freeze on fleet
1: <laughs> beer. beer I don't know that you can buy beer but I might be one of those people that converts to boxed wine and just bulk buy wine Fuck it. just be a wino
0: I don't, I don't judge anybody for the ways that they deal with their t-
1: lives or don't deal. Or don't deal with the
0: <laughs> You know, do what I do. Passively, just push it off until you can't remember anymore. Alcoholism. Ooh, I
1: think this might overflow. Don't do it. Don't Beers. do it. Beers. I love beer.
0: <laughs>
1: Have an ice chunk. I was like, ooh, let's be careful. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Goodbye, ice. Welcome to the nightmare box presenting mistakes were made my name is brett bloom and i'm sitting across in the beautiful the effervescent the badass bitch still in the gym kristen bloom how you feeling today
1: Uh, well i didn't go to the gym today so less accomplished today but i am (laughs) on week two i have not skipped any of my workouts i have not had to quit any of them early fuck yeah i am crushing it we also got an anniversary card today Brett and i (laughs) I have been married for three months
0: (laughs) (laughs) we got an anniversary card from some Long lost family members. And it was very cute. (laughs) It was adorable. Wrote a a very, very nice letter. And uh, that made me feel good. Like, right as I was getting back young. Uh, I'm sorry, that threw me off. There's a ding you guys can't hear that registers through my headphones whenever I get a text message. And since I registered to vote, which... I'm 29. That's when I decided to register to vote. Uh, Ever since that day, I've been getting nonstop messages. Hello, this is Lisa from Planned Parenthood. Would you like to come to our watch party for the debates tonight?
1: You know you can tell them to stop texting me. I
0: don't want to. I want to come up with a really funny response and then hit all 20 of them at the same time.
1: Oh, boy. I just reply STOP in all caps, so it seems very (laughs) aggressive. Fuck off! Yeah. I have considered uh, replying back fuck off before, but yeah, I always just reply STOP, like in all caps, so it's yeah. like very assertive, like stop
0: Leave texting me. Leave me alone. And we're here to bring you yet another edition of the Toot 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 stop, Stah Tuesday. But
1: or is it? Not really. Well, I, technically it qualifies.
0: Technically it's there. We've done weirder percentage breaks
1: yeah we've done based on the audience score before so technically it does hold on
0: hell yeah
1: probably not gonna treat it that way though
0: well, probably not no i'm gonna I'm, this will be more of a positive conversation i'm very confused by this film so we'll bat this one around a little bit get covered what we can get covered but what is that film you may be asking yourself did you not look at the title dumb fuck the name of this film is i'm thinking of ending ending things from this year 2020
1: is this the first twenty twenty film we've done?
0: I think we've done maybe one or two, but like they were two star releases. Gotcha.
1: Um IMDB score of six point seven. Um which I feel like might be a little low. Yeah. Rotten Tomato critic score of eighty one percent. I'm probably more in that range. Uh audience score, definitely the audience just did not get it. Forty seven. Forty seven percent from <laughs> I, the audience. Yeah.
0: Where do you sit with it?
1: Probably 80, yeah. I mm-hmm. I, th- I would definitely make some changes to the end. I think there are some moments for how anxious the pacing is in the house that drag a bit mm-hmm. whenever we're in other locations, but I'd B-plus film for sure.
0: That's where you are. I'd si- I'd, I'd sit around 70%. Really? I think I could give it a C. You know? Well, you're I, wrong. I, well, maybe if I watched mm-hmm. it again. I mean, we'll get into it, but one of my biggest issues with it is... As beautiful as it is, as well acted as it is, I don't feel like there was a payoff at all. Yeah. I feel like it just ended and I was left sitting there going, Are you fucking joking me? <laughs> Two hours and 15 minutes to get to Are you fucking joking me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ending, yeah, is a little weaker than I would have cared for, but yeah, we'll get into it. Um,. So this was, uh, the screenplay was written by and directed by, uh, Charlie Kaufman. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, the writer and I think one of the producers for Eternal Sunshine, which yeah. we have talked about before. Creston's uh, favorite movie. Maybe not favorite ever, but it is pretty high up there and it it's definitely one of my favorite movies. Um, this was based on a novel that's also called I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reid. Mm-hmm. Um, when
0: I read it earlier, when I was doing my little research thing with all my articles, I kept reading it as Ian Rand, and I was like, she was alive a lot longer than I thought she was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the political libertarian message <laughs> out of this.
1: And we may talk a l- Neither of us have read it, but we may talk a little bit about the book, just because... Um, apparently there are a few things that are different in the book yeah. that maybe would have helped this movie. Um, no budget or anything like that. It's a Netflix film. Um, the Bastards. Fantastic fucking movie, though. <laughs> cast.
0: The cast. So our um, first one we've got here is Jesse Plemons. He plays Jake.
1: He is the boyfriend character, uh, he had done a few other prominent things, but the only one that I thought either of us would really be familiar with was Breaking Bad. Yeah, if I've... you're
0: not familiar with Breaking Bad, I'm not going to tell you when it happens, but he's the guy who shoots the kid. Hmm. During the training. I've never yeah. seen
1: Breaking Bad, so... <laughs> um,
0: Some kids interrupt so some shit. That... bad
1: guy, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's helping out Walter and Jesse, and mm. they're doing something that I'm not going to tell you what they're doing, and some kids show up and they realize that the kids were seeing their faces, so as the kids are bicycling away he guns down the kid.
1: Well spoiler alert.
0: I didn't tell you when it happens or what they're doing when it happens.
1: Yeah well now I know well, now you're kids te- are on a bike. Yeah a kids lot of kids shot. a lot
0: of kids get shot in breaking bad. <laughs> I think it happens in the very first episode. Maybe it's that one. No it's not. It's deeper. <laughs>
1: um yeah breaking bad.
0: Um and then you've got Ryan Loftner Steele. He plays Dancing Jake at the end of the film. You've got Jesse Buckley She plays young woman.
1: She's our main character who, I guess, technically doesn't really have a name in this movie. Is she she technically our main character? Yeah, good question. (laughs) Um, She changes names several times in this movie, but she's originally introduced as Lucy. So I think if I was going to name her anything, I would name her Lucy, but I've just referred to her as our main character in all my notes. Uh, She's in Fargo.
0: The TV show, right?
1: I believe so, yes. Okay,
0: cool. Uh, the um, sh- Her dancing counterpart is Unity Phelan. I believe I'm saying that correctly. Then we've got Tony Collette. She plays the mother. Is this the first time she's played a mother?
1: She uh, actually, ironically, I feel like, plays her best roles when she's cast <laughs> as a mother. Um, she was the mom in Hereditary. She's the mom in Little Miss Sunshine. Um, I feel like, honestly, a very, very underpraised actress. Yeah. She...
0: She's got the face for it like, when
1: she brings it. Yeah,
0: I've seen her kick ass in that that movie. That one yeah. time, yeah. she does
1: she does really well at roles where there's a lot of emotional <clears throat> highs and lows. even mm-hmm. you know, Little Miss Sunshine is a very tense, like kind of broken family film, and yeah, she crushes it at all times.
0: Fuck yeah! Then you got David Thewlis as the father.
1: Uh, he I think also has a super accomplished career, but uh, I just have to give a nod to you know. <laughs> my my favorite uh he plays uh remus lupin in harry potter he plays who remus lupin the werewolf uh teacher
0: didn't know that guy existed okay <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um is, are those the ones that we're covering today do i have any uh, more
1: we could do guy because he's the janitor but yeah all these other ones are just side characters guy boyd uh plays the janitor uh in this movie and he's our side character. We keep going back to mm-hmm. Frederick E. Wooden, I guess, yeah. is the dancing version of him. But yeah, all these other characters are just side characters. Uh, I didn't write down anything he had done. Uh, just an interesting aside, Oliver Platt plays the voice that she keeps hearing on the mm-hmm. phone. Um, whenever I saw his face, I was like, that's not the actor. Like, I've, I know yeah. who he is. That was not the actor I was picturing when I heard that voice. So just a little interesting aside.
0: To the voice. Alright, where are we starting, my love? I've got notes, you've got notes, we both uh, got notes. Do
1: you wanna attempt a synopsis? I don't
0: even know. Okay. Uh did you want me to do it? Yeah.
1: Okay. So my <laughs> I don't even under know where to start. I'm, I'm gonna give
0: you what I think happened, and then you can tell me what you think uh-huh. happened, and we'll go from there. So you've got Jake and young lady Lucy. Okay. They are going to go see Jake's parents for some unknown reason but She's just meeting, just them, for the meeting them for the first time um, late at
1: night for some reason late at
0: night despite the fact they need to be back in uh, we'll get we'll get it we'll yeah we'll get to it. <laughs> um so they drive in a car for about 20 minutes <laughs> the windshield wipers going and I'm not exaggerating this film, almost a solid 40 minutes of this film happens inside of that car. It's wild. Um, But they're driving very, very long drive. They're an awkward couple. They arrive at the house to meet the parents. The parents are very odd. They sit down, they have dinner and the oddity ensues. The, The characters keep changing. Their stories keep changing. They get older, they get younger. We don't know really what's happening. They leave. They get ice cream. They go meet a janitor in a high school and... um,
1: Have a dance-off.
0: Have a (laughs) dance-off. And now at the end of the film, you're asked, what actually happened here? Um, And my theory is, simply because you read the synopsis of the book to me, (laughs) that it was entirely in the janitor's mind and none of it actually happened.
1: And I don't feel like... It's overt enough up front after one viewing yeah, for that to be obvious.
0: The pig throws you off. <laughs>
1: I, I, I don't think the scenes with the janitor are peppered in at the appropriate enough times for it to be obvious that the janitor is creating this world. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's only at the tail end when he has his little freak out and he envisions himself as Jake, you know, that it's kind of like, oh, like, that's him,
0: sort of. He's just spent way too much time in this high school. Yeah,
1: and, um, yeah, the tail end when he is going to die and he just converts back into Jake, even though he just stabbed Jake to death in the dance-off was very confusing, Mm -hmm. so I was like, I'm very confused... As to what this really means. So like I, I feel like, yeah, it, having had it explained to me by much smarter people on the internet. Um, <laughs> obvious. have <read> the book. <laughs> yeah, obvious that the janitor has created this world in his mind. Yeah. Uh, not so obvious on the first viewing.
0: Yeah, well the other take that I've read is that this all takes place inside of Jake's mind. But that doesn't flow with the whole pig scene for yeah. me. So did Jake go there to kill himself, or is the janitor slipping into dementia dementia and suicidal thought? And
1: uh, where the book kind of sheds some light on this, because it's based on a book with the same name, um, what I read today was, I guess, apparently throughout the book, it's a lot less clear Mm -hmm. that there's anything, I guess, peculiar going on. It's just like a weird world and this girl is having this weird experience and you don't really get that maybe she's not real or that anything that odd is going on Mm -hmm. and then at the tail end it's revealed that she and jake are the same person and she's just something jake's like imagined in his own head he met this actual girl at the trivia thing at the bar or whatever and uh tried to give her his number and you know wasn't successful at it so they never amounted to anything and he's just kind of created this imaginary world with her in his head and you don't find out until literally the very very end Mm -hmm. um and this movie kind of makes it a little more obvious up front that something's wrong yeah i think in the book my understanding was it's not so like the it's not so overt, like the parents like aren't changing ages. Like in the yeah. last three
0: quarters. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, but yeah. Apparently there's no janitor character in the book, was my understanding. And it's basically just, she is Jake.
0: I want to read the book. If this movie did anything for me, I want to read this in novel form.
1: <laughs> I do, um, now that I know it, I do see that it's more obvious, though. You see cuts of the janitor just kind of doing... His daily cleaning and like walking through the halls as the students are there and stuff like that. And I do think it's more obvious, having been told that, that, oh, this is his fantasy, that he's daydreaming all day long while he's working. Mm -hmm. That's why we keep getting these scenes cut in.
0: Especially with the dancing, because we see a lot of dance in his Mm day-to-day. Like, we wind up with the kids awkwardly dancing and then, like, kicking the locker and he laughs at them. And that's basically the whole final dance sequence is them dancing through and kicking all the lockers closed. He sees that weird movie in the middle of the film.
1: Yeah, and hilariously strange that they, like, cut to, like, actual credits. Like, it felt (laughs) like we had suddenly just ended the movie we were watching and I was like, wait, what's happening? (laughs) What is going on here? (laughs) Um, I can't remember what the guy had worked on, but apparently they... It was like they... the Polar Express or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah they credited the director just because he thought it was funny. He was like, oh, it seems like a thing he would make. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's funny. God
0: damn, A lot of weed was smoked going into the making of this film.
1: Mm.
0: All right, so where do we begin, my love?
1: That is a fantastic question. Um, I, I think my favorite thing about this movie is how complex the characters are. I do think maybe the story suffers a bit. But, Mm -hmm. I like, from the start of this movie, it's impossible to tell up front if all of the characters are real, if any of the characters are real. Um, If
0: one of them's crazy. Yeah. If both of them are nuts. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because the main character up front seems very unreliable. She is so caught up in her own head. Like, Mm -hmm. she, throughout the movie, is just narrating her own, like, kind of lost thoughts. And, like, it feels almost like she can't focus, but then when shit starts going weird, it's like, okay, maybe, you know, she's kind of losing her grip (laughs) on reality. Will you settle, pal?
0: Jax is attacking a singular pebble of food, if you're curious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, I I don't know, I, I really am fascinated with that concept of, like up front being like okay something's wrong in this world mm-hmm. but it's almost like playing like guess who it's like yeah. is it the dude with the glasses or the chick with the red hair you know like it's like who who done it you know <laughs> so it's it's kind of a fun guessing game for a huge chunk of the movie like the parents are very they're my very favorite strange. part i fucking <laughs> loved
0: everything that happened mm. with the parents
1: yeah and i i think credit like the Two main actors, Jesse and Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, crushed it for sure, but I think credit is due to Tony and David for honestly the best performance in this whole movie. Yeah. Um hands down, they both seem like hysterical and on the edge mm-hmm. like the whole time. Like they
0: immediately reminded me of the family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where it was like, Oh, something's so wrong and they don't even realize that it's so fucked up.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just like, the anxious energy of the mother, especially. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, like, believe she might snap and murder someone at any moment. So, yeah. <laughs> it was just kind of crazy to watch on screen. and Go I, from
0: the deathbed to, like, the 1950s housewife.
1: Picking up toys, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the makeup on yeah. aging them was... Insane. Like, she legit looked like she had, like, the saggy jowls when she was (laughs) laying on the deathbed all like... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I just... I The characters are, hands down, my favorite part of this whole movie. I mean, even Jake, he... Simultaneously seems very controlling and also, like, he doesn't care, which is a bizarre Mm -hmm. mashup. Like, he... Constantly completely ignores questions our main character or our quote-unquote main character yeah. asks him um like just completely changes the subject redirects moments and conversations and stuff like that like you
0: can't tell if he's smarter than her or dumber than her even like in their opening mm-hmm. you know scene in the car like she's he, you know waxing poetic and then he can like stumble through like a few lines of what he thinks is his favorite poem and then in the next scene, we go into his bedroom, and it's filled with books. <laughs> and
1: I, I think for me, honestly, how much Jake's ego was inflated is part of the reason, too. I didn't really connect without being told that Jake and the janitor were the same person. Because mm-hmm. there's several points in the movie where it's like, oh, Jake's so smart, and Jake's so accomplished. And granted, a lot of the times it's his mother saying it yeah. about him, and, you know, mothers and he's fighting that. it, yeah, But... She talks about him like he's gone on to be a doctor or something yeah. like that and
0: You're a genius. Pers-
1: a genius. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about that. Our first persona of our uh main character is that she's a physicist or something like that, right? It's like something pretty like a complex career path. It's not like she's an idiot.
0: Yeah, that happens a little bit later. She starts off as a poet, then becomes a painter, and then it's something like engineering or some yeah. shit. Yeah.
1: Um And, like, the fact that our main character, throughout several instances, is factually more accomplished. Like, she's doing these, like, more accomplished careers, and all we ever hear about Jake is just, oh, he's smart and he's done so well for himself, and we never get labeled... A career for Jake, I don't Mm -hmm. think. I don't recall ever at any point hearing what Jake does for a living, so then...
0: Which makes sense when he turns out to be the janitor. Yeah, so
1: (laughs) then, yeah, going to, oh, he's just the janitor, I'm like, wait, what did he accomplish for himself? Like, if he's so smart and he's doing so well, like, I don't think janitors make a fantastic salary. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying janitors aren't important, but... Like, to have his yeah. mom constantly bragging and then to have to try to force myself to connect. Like, oh, he's so successful, but he's the janitor. But he's also,
0: like, a goodwill hunting type. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that was a bit of a leap for me. I was like, I I feel like I needed a little more... <sighs> Which, he has several outbursts. He, like, beats the steering wheel over fucking Frosty's melting. <laughs> um, but I feel like I needed more flaws in jake's outward appearance to make that connection without being helped yeah. there like I, I felt like i needed to be led there because jake's character genuinely does come across like he's pretty smart mm-hmm. so i, I don't know i would have liked to have yeah. seen i guess like, a little bit more why flaw. are the girls
0: at the tulsi town or whatever that place was called like why are they afraid yeah. of him yeah. you know? <laughs> like, like, what is this rage that's in him outside of the beating on yeah. the steering wheel
1: and, like, in these moments where we're trapped in the car for these very long conversations, there were moments where I was having a hard time keeping up with what they were talking about. Because yeah. the conversation was kind of advanced, and, like, even when she would argue with him, he seemed to, you know, keep up for the most part. There was one point where he was like, oh, well, that's why you're the movie critic. But for the mm-hmm. most part, he seemed to keep up, and, like, I would have liked to have seen i know it's a persona in his head so he's kind of inflating his own ego there but i would have liked to have seen his ego kind of beaten down by her a bit and like see him like slip up and not really know all these answers and stuff so i could like kind of naturally make this connection of oh this is his ego he's He's building himself up
0: he's the party smart guy you know who knows i am the party smart guy i can quip All fucking day. I'll hit you with a fact that makes it sound like I know everything about the subject. And then, like, if you dig two layers deeper, I'm lost as you are, man. (laughs) Which is, I mean, that fits in as well, though, with his trivia persona My as a character.
1: I I think my biggest question, though, walking away from it, is um, if we're to believe Jake and our female character are just illusions of the janitor... Is any of it real at all? Like, is that what his parents actually look like? Or did he envision his parents to look this way? Is that what their personalities were like? And then we go into his bedroom and see all these books and movies. And, like, when we go down to the basement, these paintings and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And, like, I don't know if those are actual books or paintings he had. Like...
0: Like if those are things that he owns or owned?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or is that just his alter ego jake's reality
0: the only way that i can think to explain it and i probably told it on here but when i wrote the novel that is probably never going to get fucking published but that everything is named after the, the nightmare box um i was working in an amazon warehouse and i wasn't allowed headphones i wasn't allowed to stop and talk with anybody if you've ever worked in an amazon warehouse you understand the hell that that place is and so i would memorize and write in my head like a chapter a night it's like well i've got 12 hours of this shit so you know let me memorize a paragraph and then try to write the next one in my brain so like when i got home at night i could clickety clack and i didn't waste my entire 12 hours so i'm used to that concept of trying to live with the thought inside of your head i don't think any of it's real outside of that high school
1: So, you think? I think he
0: has dementia. He's working the graveyard shift in that high school. There's so much snow on his truck, he's not left there in a long time. Nobody's come to see him. And so, by the end of the film, when he's walking naked through the hallway, he's just completely gone. (laughs) He's lost inside of this world, this history that he's created for himself because the memories are slipping away. I've See. not seen it, but maybe, you know, the opposite of what Eternal Sunshine is. It yeah. might be the adverse effect, like he's trying to create the memory instead of the memory being pulled from him. Yeah.
1: So you think the farmhouse and everything is all fake?
0: I think the farmhouse might be, and not the interaction with the parents, that might be part of what's actually going on with the janitor, yeah. the barn particularly, when he's out there and he's telling the story of finding the pigs mm-hmm. and there's the dead goats That feels very true to the character, because he's an older gentleman growing up in this rural area. It would have been his responsibility to feed those animals and to see those disgusting things. So that feels more like a scar than anything else in the film, and it comes back up at the end. Am I making sense? Yeah,
1: and one of the things that I read where other people were kind of analyzing it was that... The pig thing was a real memory from his childhood that traumatized him. that's
0: what I'm saying, yeah, um, it feels like a scar inside of both the Jake character and the janitor
1: yeah i I would be very curious to pick the mind of the director, even though like there are a lot of things that I read today that say he doesn't like to explain his stuff because he wants people to kind of have the opportunity yeah, analyze to analyze it themselves, yeah, and take it for what they see it as, but like i I feel like the farmhouse was real like he grew up in that farmhouse but I feel like maybe
0: so do you feel like those are the actual stages of his actual parents
1: i I do think those are meant to be his actual parents and that's what the girl that he met at the bar that he never got to connect with actually looked like yeah because um, she's the image he lingers on the most she does change at one point to look like someone else and um, look at that. Some of the other stuff I read today was, like, saying, like, the people that he interacts with throughout the movie, um, like, the high school girls and stuff like that are just various people that he's seen throughout his life that maybe, like, left a bit of a mark on him. Maybe that's
0: every girl he's ever brought home. Yeah,
1: that he, like, obsessed with or, like, you know, wronged him in some way or whatever. But, like, I I think that's probably when he was a child what his parents looked like and as they were kind of getting older and failing uh, in their health. How they went yeah but i don't think he lives in the farmhouse anymore i think maybe that's an old home that got sold off Yeah, i think um, based
0: on the snow and like him watching the film on that really i think he lives at the high school
1: oh, like our high sad. yeah
0: like our high school not ours you there my, very late yeah so my high school riverdale high school Murrayboro, tennessee mm-hmm. um there was apartments on the side of the like, you had to walk through the cafeteria, and that's where the janitors lived. It was like, that's they sad. lived above the boiler room. And like, one impressive. of them had a wife and stuff, but it was a, you know, one two-bedroom apartment with the stove. He had to clean the night shift anyway, so he just lived there. <laughs>
1: yeah, and we show snippets of what I'm assuming has to be the janitors, just from, like, a first-person perspective walking down the hall where there are still students there. So he's obviously there during the school day cleaning and then he's still there at night. So yeah, I guess that would make sense that he lived there. I didn't think it's of that. It's the
0: vast amount of snow on the truck. Like that's been sitting there. That's mm. not, you know, a, a shift of snow. <laughs> yeah.
1: And like I, like, I feel like elements are real. I feel like those definitely were his parents. They're obviously long dead and gone because he's so old. Yeah. Um, I think that was the farmhouse he grew up in. I think this was a girl he met a long, long time ago. It just has um, a vague memory of. Yeah. But I I am curious because Jake's personality is so inflated, like he has to be the smart guy and he has to be the successful mm-hmm. guy and he gets frustrated when he doesn't get his way. If any of the stuff in the house was real? Like, did Jake really read all these books? Did Jake paint these paintings? Did mm-hmm. like was he as artsy and smart and Worldly yeah. as he or wanted to be, or those paintings
0: that the janitor found throughout the school, yeah, like cleaning out the art room at yeah. the end of the school year.
1: So I do wonder that, and like that's actually speaking of stuff the janitor found at the school. Um, like one, he would
0: have the old worn library books. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, that was one thing that the director did actually like give away, because um, I guess it was something they had originally intended on filming. So, the ending... Oh, you got
0: shit from IndieWire? You're not just sitting on the basic bitch fucking Wikipedia packet that we're normally on. Uh,
1: so, the ending, whenever they're all in the auditorium and everybody has this really cheesy theater, old age yeah. makeup that you can tell is not, like, prosthetics. And... I thought I was
0: just drunk for the first couple no. of clicks. There. I was like, what the fuck? No.
1: It was actually intentional. Because um, it's, it's you know, meant to be, like, a theatrical thing yeah. and it's in his head or whatever. Um But they originally had a scene where the janitor finds a makeup book in the bathroom when he's cleaning, Mm -hmm. where, um, you know, one of the theater kids had clearly been in the bathroom putting on makeup, so I guess he, like, thumbs through it or whatever, and then in his mind uses that to kind of force all these people that are from his memories into that scene with him, so...
0: Wearing the same basic drama kit...
1: Yeah, Um, so yeah, he...
0: That's interesting. All of the
1: people in that scene, in the audience, in the theater with the old age and makeup, are the extras who played the students in the school. So they purposely used all the young extras and then put that makeup on them because... And they
0: put it on them to match stage lighting. And Mm. then they didn't put them in stage lighting. So you wind up with the circles that are like halfway down the cheekbone because it would have looked better under directional light. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, so
1: yeah, it was basically the janitor was supposed to have found this book in the bathroom... And then that inspired his imagination, so instead of literally, because he he didn't know these people when they were old, they were just people he had met in passing that were students at the school, or like kids from his past or whatever so he didn't know what they looked like as old people that's very cool so yeah in his mind he was just like oh we'll just mentally put some makeup on them and uh, they'll all look old with me (laughs) they'll all be old yeah (laughs) so i was like oh that's kind of neat that is very interesting i kind of wish they had left that scene in yeah i guess maybe a little handholdy explaining it to you but i was like oh that's kind of cool but it
0: would have it would have put some finality on it but yeah. like, you know, you don't have to show him, you know, putting on the makeup, but if he sees the makeup book and then looks in the mirror and then you jump to the Jake version of him that is giving the speech from Beautiful Mind, you know, and then you go out and you're like, oh, fuck.
1: And that's <laughs> the best his imagination could do to age all these young people yeah. that had, quote unquote, wronged him in life. Like, he was like, oh, well, I saw that makeup book. We'll just slap some makeup <laughs> on it. <laughs> and I've taken a stage makeup class and I have had to put old makeup on myself before and it does look a little cheesy. That is actually what it looks (laughs) like. Well, it does up close
0: but it's meant to work off lights and stuff. You know, and the way that you're elevated above the audience. Mm -hmm. Not explaining it to you (laughs) explaining it to people who've never taken a makeup course like myself who've had it explained by (laughs) you to me.
1: But yeah, I just, I don't know, fun little Easter egg, I guess. That's
0: cool (laughs) as fuck. I don't even know where to go. I have (laughs) so many notes.
1: So many notes. Uh, random. While we're just talking about the high school, uh, because I was very confused by this too. While we're still talking about the characters, which is where this movie kind of gets a little dodgy yeah. for me. Um, Lucy, our fictional female character, meets the actual janitor in the high school yeah. and interacts with the janitor. Um, and granted, he he could be so far gone; he's hallucinating her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I. I'm confused by this. Um, Yeah, because
0: she forgets what Jake looks like in that scene, and she can't explain to him who she's looking for. So is she just another kid running through the school, or does she actually exist?
1: Yeah. Um, And apparently, according to this interpretation of it anyway, the reason that he's so warm and welcoming to her... uh, is he's, like, shocked by the fact that he's finally managed to manifest his uh, dream girl, you know, that he's been fantasizing about this whole time. And he just hugs her and kind of sends her on his way because he's finally come to a place of acceptance that he has to let go of his fantasy. Huh. So, I don't know. I don't know know if I buy that.
0: I don't know if I buy that. Because the way this ends, he's obviously not accepted his fantasy.
1: Well, according to this, too, this is all from the same thing. Uh, What's it from? This is IndieWire. According to this, the little dance fight scene where the Mm -hmm. janitor fighter fights the Jake fighter and Jake ultimately ends up getting killed. Um, You know, Jake's the persona where, in the janitor's mind, he's, like, smarter and more successful and stuff like that. So uh, the janitor kills off the Jake. The jock. uh, Yeah, the Jake dancer because it's uh, the janitor finally accepting... How impossible this reality is and how impossible his obsession with this woman that he, you know, thinks he loves is. So the killing off of the Jake character in the dance scene is him...
0: Like accepting himself.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and kind of letting go... And his
0: role in the story. That's interesting.
1: But then we end with Jake giving the speech, so again...
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, it deserves a second fucking... Walkthrough. I want to. I want to. I want to skip back. I don't quite know where we are with your notes. You've got a lot well, more stuff prepared than I've done. Um, you've got. Okay, so we're do done. Do you characters. have any other notes? Nope.
1: Done with characters. I've got the world. But okay, because
0: okay, yeah. that's what I wanted to jump to next. Um, as much as it bugged me when we were watching it, I mean, the, not really bugged. I guess it's the only reason why I wanted to keep watching it. Um, you've got. Um, building an unreliable world. The way that I looked at it was that these were narrative inconsistencies that created like a sense of panic from mm-hmm. like the fucking very beginning all the way through to the very end. My favorite part about that sense of panic was the metronome that was the fucking windshield wipers mm-hmm. for the first like twenty minutes you just get dung, dung. And Um, it creates this, like, just fucking
1: go to the next shot. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted, which I forgot about it, I wanted to make you watch the trailer that I kept telling you I wanted you to watch before we did the sequence. Because you know where the dog keeps shaking and you keep hearing the ringing of the collar. In the trailer, the ringing of the collar is going on for like an insanely long amount of time. Like even when they're in the car talking, like we're in a totally different scene. Like you can still hear the dog's collar shaking (laughs) in the background. I was like, Oh my God, make it stop.
0: (laughs) But that's what the metronome does like right off of the fucking bat. And then you get this beautiful voiceover for so much of the opening. And I was like, I really hope that they don't do this for the rest of the film, but I'm happy that they're doing it now. And then like the way we fall into the car is Jake answering something that she's thinking inside of her own fucking head, and we're off to the races.
1: Yeah, and I, I like what is real. I like too that um, the actual conversation happening in the car keeps interrupting her thoughts too. Like she keeps, I'm thinking of, and then it cuts yeah. off. I'm thinking of ending, and then it cuts off. So like I like too that we're never quite completing this running dialogue that's running through her head. Mm-hmm. Like it's. I have mixed feelings about the car scenes. Um,
0: I have the exact number. It was 39 minutes and 52 seconds. Happen inside of the vehicle. Jesus,
1: see, I have which mixed. Just
0: 39 minutes, almost 40 minutes of.
1: That's like legit if we had driven choo-chunk, somewhere.
0: Choo-chunk, <laughs> choo-chunk,
1: <laughs> I have mixed feelings about the car scenes because I. I think they're very beautifully shot. I think it is a little metaphoric that, for the most part, we are outside of the car. Um, It's shot through the windshield clearly enough that you can very intimately see these characters. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's few and far between that the camera's inside of the car. A lot of it's shot from the outside of the car. If ever.
0: I don't really remember it being... I think
1: think once or twice maybe it did. I think on the
0: way back, when he's bitching about the ice cream, I feel like we were behind them. Like, I don't think we were seeing that through the windshield, but the opening scene I think was all camera centered through the windshield and camera off through her window.
1: I think it. I think it does happen once or twice. I know there is a couple of scenes where we're inside the car and we see the ice cream melting for sure. Yeah. Um. But but it is almost entirely outside of the car, and I like metaphorically that that makes us feel like we're outsiders mm-hmm. as the audience because I left this movie being like I don't get what happened we were and both I like think... <laughs> i love it
0: but i don't know what happened <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and I, I think that's intentional to some extent they want you to feel confused and like you're not a part of it because i think that's a bit how the main character feels mm-hmm. like she thinks starting out she's just going to meet the parents of this guy that she's thinking about dumping and then the world just keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder and she's like something's wrong but i don't know what yeah and i felt that way most of the, <laughs> the entirety yeah <laughs> but I, I like i I love the way the car scenes were shot. It's a very beautiful sequence. Um, I feel like for a movie, it feels like it carries on for way too long.
0: Yeah, and I want to get to that in a minute, but can we like stick to the narrative inconsistencies? Because I want to, I've got some questions for you that, sure. about the length and all of that sure. that I want to get to. Um, but the use of the inconsistencies creates the sense of panic. I've got a few points here. You've got a few points as well. Um, Let me try to bounce them back and forth with you Okay Um, Be my DJ Initially when we're in the house Yeah No one can tell us how they met Initially, it's a trivia night. That changes over the course of the dinner. How the parents met changes over the course of the dinner. (laughs) Why they're there and what time they need to get back. I've got the chains in the car. (laughs) That all changes throughout the entirety of that whole thing. And it creates this weird vertigo with the audience, where the audience is like, did I hear what they said a minute ago? Wait a minute. Did his bandage just switch to the other side of his fucking forehead? (laughs) Why is her hair different? Before they... like?" Before the deathbed scene and the dementia scene, he was making all of these subtle changes through this awkward, cringy dinner sequence. Yeah.
1: and I like, too, that um, in that section, yeah, it becomes a lot more obvious when the, the dad is literally visibly significantly older. Like, yeah. it starts becoming much more clear that we're jumping around um, timelines or something. Um but I, I like up front. A lot of the changes are incredibly subtle, so you're kind of confused if it happened at all, too. Because yeah, yeah, I didn't. Am I
0: remembering that right? Yeah, which plays yeah. into the janitor's overall question. Yeah, because
1: like I didn't notice <laughs> when we we shifted perspective for a second and came back. Um I didn't notice that the mother's hair looked any different. I was mm-hmm. like, maybe it's a little frizzier, but it didn't really look any different to me. And then we moved into, I think, the scene where they're having dessert. And I was like, the Band-Aid wasn't on that side of his head, though. Yeah. And they so subtly, the first time, change her name that, like, I was like, I definitely just misheard that. Like, it goes that, from,
0: like, Louise to Louisa. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, I think it, it goes from Lucy to Yvonne, so it's actually a pretty significant change. Mm-hmm. But he says it so quickly and in such passing that I was like, I, I just misheard him. You know, that's no. not what he said. And then... Like, whenever she's sitting at the dinner table, we kind of pan back behind a doorway, so we only see her for a moment, and then we get kind of a wide shot of her sitting at the table, and it looks like from the perspective we're sitting at, she's sitting at the table by herself, Mm -hmm. but also from the perspective we're sitting at, we can't see any side of the table except the side she's sitting on, and she's sitting by herself on that side of the table, so I'm like...
0: Drinking wine.
1: Yeah, I'm like, is she sitting alone, or... Does she just feel alone? Because from the angle that the camera's at, you can't see the other chair. So I'm like, I don't really know that she's alone. So I just feel like something wrong happened but I can't prove it. Yeah. So I like that too. Like we isolate her at the table but I'm not really sure that we isolated her at the table who's watching
0: her (laughs) who is the camera's perspective coming from and that comes up later on when she's trying to justify some of these weird exchanges that are happening he goes oh no you just drank too much wine and then we jump back to a shot of her drinking a single glass of wine but she's alone at the table with a bottle so did she drink all the wine and that's why our narrative's fucked or as it turns out is this all in somebody else's fucking head
1: it's just kind of disappointing to The realize. picture in the
0: hallway. Did you remember the picture in the hallway?
1: Yeah, that it was her for a second.
0: And him, you know? <laughs> Simultaneously, everybody was looking. It was like the Schrodinger's fucking cat analogy.
1: I almost wished, my only complaint with that, though, was I almost wish they hadn't changed it back to a photo of him. Like, if they had made the hair slightly less red but just enough red that you were like is that her or is that him yeah. and if they had just left it the same photo I feel like I would have been a little more intrigued as to like maybe she was just going crazy like when we very obviously see the photo shift back to him I'm like oh some weird shit's going down and like it starts like kind of yeah. ramping up the weirdness after that which was beautiful, but like I think for the photo, I would have liked the photo to have just been one singular photo that was ambiguous enough for you to be like, Who's the photo of?
0: I agree, but that also poses a deeper level question, which is if it's a childhood picture of her, are we at some point in her parents' house meeting the boyfriend for the first time?
1: I don't know, maybe because
0: there's no reason for Jake parents to have the picture of her but there is reason for her parents to have the picture of her and for Jake to be like oh look there you are the beach okay <laughs> 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 I
1: don't know where we're going uh, I, I, I think that's
0: it we've discussed most of the, my other narrative inconsistencies already and in, in in the way to get there so put yourself back on the rails because I've got questions and that's all I have
1: for <laughs> um I feel like um I don't know. I it's not my least favorite. I think it just carries on too long. Like the car scenes are necessary to fill the uncomfortable dynamic between these two characters and I, I feel like they're um vital to establishing the fact that he can't hold on to this fantasy. Yeah. Um because to some extent I think he knows This woman that he could not give his number to because she was not interested in him, is not interested in him. So on the way there, we have a much more consistent narrative of she doesn't want to be with him anymore and we start losing track of these thoughts the closer we get to the farmhouse. So I think the car ride is necessary. I think it drags on a little too long. Mm -hmm. And the car ride back, um, she kind of starts regaining that independence in herself even though she's still a figment of his imagination his imagination starts kind of gaining on its own a life, life. Yeah. Its own, yeah and she she starts kind of pushing back against him the further away she gets from this familiar farmhouse that he's used to and mm-hmm. i think that's a neat transition um the farmhouse is hands down my favorite location in the whole movie for sure i wish we had spent more time there than we did um I love that the farmhouse is simultaneously the most familiar location and also the least familiar location in the movie. Um, Do you
0: think that's because where they placed the narration at the time? Because it's definitely the most familiar to Jake of all of the locations. Yeah. But it is the strangest to the audience.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, I like... It's, I mean, he, I'm sure he's very familiar with the school, too, because that's where he, he's clearly spent his whole life working.
0: Beer. <laughs> Overflowing your beer. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, I, I like that that's clearly his childhood home. I'm assuming he spent, you know, 18 plus years in that home, and it is clearly the most familiar to him. It's a very well-loved and well-lived-in mm-hmm. home by the looks of it, you know, there's scratches on the door from either a dog or childhood or whatever, you know. There's books everywhere. There's all these memories of everyone who's lived there. So it is definitely the place he feels the most comfortable and I feel like maybe that's why we tinker with it so much is like he's got all these different versions of these memories in his head that he can fuck with and be like oh no this isn't the right thing. It's the
0: same house on different levels. Yeah. He's like today isn't the
1: day let's skip ahead a few years and try again you know. We never
0: establish why he has a fear of the basement but we do have a younger version of his mother which would imply a younger version of himself giving permission to um the young woman to go down to the basement. Yeah. Like, why are you afraid? No. And the way she says, she's just picking so up toys. sinister.
1: Like it gave me chills. Like the way she said that. Yeah. Oh, I had it written or written down on your notes. I don't remember what, but it's something about living dangerously and like go down to the fucking basement. I was like, oh okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't see that (laughs) no
1: i was in like the original notes i I, I don't remember exactly what her wording was but it literally in that moment watching it gave me chills i was like oh was in the basement (laughs) it's cold
0: bitch what are we doing down there Um, do you think that was a demon uh, that was down there or do you think that was like everything that was his actual memories because that's where you would pack away the old man's stuff
1: yeah i I think to some extent it's a childhood fear i think most kids are afraid of dark spaces that seem kind of inherently creepy like basements and attics. get a lot of stuff stored in them normally and they usually kind of have poor lighting and they're not
0: don't go up there you'll find your grandfather's underwear
1: (laughs) and they're not insulated (laughs) so it's like cold and dark and you know all that so i think it's a kind of natural childhood fear that the basement is scary and assuming the paintings in the basement are real it's if he at some point maybe was into art and just never really went anywhere it's where his dreams kind of went to die um
0: that's heavy i didn't think about that
1: (laughs) and i also like that it's technically where hers go too because i feel like in that moment like she finds the book upstairs that has her or what she thinks is her poem in it that she had read earlier and she realizes she didn't write it at all. And then she goes down to the basement and we have this very overt realization that she didn't paint any of her work. She didn't write any of her work. Like this isn't who she is.
0: I didn't catch that when it was happening, but do you think that that was poetically intentional? Maybe the novel would expand upon it more, but the, you don't own your own ideas, you know, idea where Mm -hmm. it's like nothing that I write is ever going to be original. It's going to be a buried, not buried. It's going to be a, a collection. Borrowed, yeah. yeah, borrowed, you know, fucking kaleidoscope. Like, I put all the pieces of glass, but if you look close enough, you're going to find this was an influence, and yeah. that's why this comma goes into this description was an influence. Well,
1: and... I think if I'm remembering right, it's while she's in the basement that she does that monologue of us not being ourselves at all. She was, mm-hmm. like, talking about the fact that... um, Pretty much our entire personalities and our entire makeups are bits and pieces of all the experiences we've had in life and all the things that we've been through. So yeah, I like I, I think that was very much intentional because she's realizing in that moment she's not herself. Yeah. She's just an extension of him, and mm-hmm. we're all kind of extensions of our experiences. Yeah. So like,
0: there's a pollinic quote I can't remember right off the top of my head, but that's basically what he was saying and that I'm an extension of every person I've ever met
1: yeah Yeah. and I I love that the basement is this scary place initially up front and he's like don't go down there he's in there you know (laughs) and it's like this very stereotypical childhood there's a monster in the basement and the monster in the basement is literally just she's not herself and we're not ourselves and all of this is just this like monster that's unraveling in our heads you know
0: there is no ego. Or... <laughs>
1: um, that's
0: beautiful. Yeah. I wish I would have picked up on that as it was happening in real time.
1: I don't is think that, I that really the... realized it until afterwards yeah, either. That's a beautiful like after metaphor. I got some time to think about it, yeah. And I don't remember what the phone call says to her, but while we're in the basement, it's the first time we very clearly hear what the voice There's is saying. There's only one
0: question left to answer, I believe, is the thing that it, it, I back yeah. it
1: Yeah. every other scene though I know you can never really quite clearly hear what the voice is saying and I love that it's in the basement that we kind of shatter like all of and that's the scary thing is we're shattering these misconceptions instead mm-hmm. of there being an actual monster in the basement um, and I, I like that when we go back to the car uh, she kind of again starts putting up this fight of trying to regain her identity but again it it's gone It carries so long.
0: (laughs) Well, that's my my biggest issue with it, and I'm going to ask you a pretty blunt question here that I wrote down before we had this conversation. Um, Is the film a technical failure? Because there's no coherent story at first viewing.
1: I don't think so, no. I... I don't think...
0: Is it so buried that it's not...
1: I don't think a movie or a painting or a a book or anything that makes you purposely think and analyze can Mm -hmm. really be labeled as a failure. Um, This is one of the few movies I've watched in a long time that I was like, I want to understand. Like, I I need to get what this is about because it was so compelling. And there have been a lot of movies I've been like, ugh, like I don't care. Um I do wish maybe some things had been changed, but I I think, honestly, even if nobody ever gets the message that you purposely intended, like, up front... Um, You'll get
0: your own message. It's like poetry in that regard. Yeah. Which is maybe why, at the beginning, she's a poet. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, I think, honestly, if you can create a piece of work that makes people pause, like, you have, on some level, been successful. And I think, for me... That's probably the biggest inspiration of this movie is i I walked away kind of disappointed in the ending, but also like i I need to immediately right now Google what's like, happening, yeah, <laughs> and like what this is about, and I wanna understand because this means something, and yeah it
0: made I, made us feel things like it, laughter, fear, anger, sorrow, you know fucking
1: and it's desperation
0: a movie. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't think that it's a failure. It was just a question I saw happening over and over again as I was reading reviews. They are like, it's a failure because there's no story. And is that just the lazy American mind saying there's no story or is it a bunch of avant-garde fucking poets reading too much into a thing that was, oh, a you, piece of shit.
1: Do you think there needs to be a final payoff? Like, do you think that matters in movies in particular?
0: I think at least on the baseline. There should be. I would have been happier with this movie if they would have killed it without the pig. Just the naked old man walking down I the know hallway. Why he has to be
1: naked? Because like he I has dementia.
0: A... It's cold outside. It's what you do when you're hypothermic. So <laughs> you, you you tend to take off all your clothes when you're dying from hypothermia. It's snowing outside. He's all alone in this cold tile metal building if he would have just walked naked into the tunnel, I, I would have been like, oh, shit, he's all alone.
1: <laughs> I am a little bothered that we... I didn't need
0: the dance scene.
1: <laughs> I am a little bothered that um, I feel like the high school is kind of the final climax where we're coming to this realization of the end of this person's life and that we end... With Jake the Persona, especially after we killed Jake the Persona in the dance scene. Like, the pig says... That's what I'm
0: saying. I don't think we need that whole closing sequence.
1: Yeah. Well, like, I I wouldn't have even minded it if it had been the actual janitor. Like, the pig says, let's get you dressed. And why is it Jake the Persona giving the final speech? Why is it not the janitor...
0: Giving it to an empty auditorium.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, um, which that's one of the things in this review was talking about the car that's covered in snow it's like yeah the car you know buried in snow is kind of that final like obviously he died there and that car stayed there um so it's kind of this tragically beautiful like wrapping up of this man kind of confronting all of his failures at the end of his life so like maybe we need to see this audience of all these people he fills like, somehow wronged him or, you know, didn't believe in him or whatever. Like, maybe we need that because it's him confronting, you know, a jury of his peers basically at the end of his life. Using a borrowed speech. Yeah, but why is it not the janitor?
0: Yeah. Give him, for the first time, like, an actual... Let him give that John Nash speech.
1: Like, because he's not shedded his ego, if Mm -hmm. it's the persona, At the end. So I I don't even necessarily mind the final sequence. Does it make
0: it forgivable that the persona is older? Like he's not connected with his age, but he's forgiven his childhood?
1: No, because I feel like when they did the um, actual prosthetics of aging the parents while we're in the house, like they were purposely trying to make us as the audience view them as people who had aged like I was supposed to watch that and believe this actor is this age now yeah and um when they put Jake the persona on stage he still he had prosthetics but he still had very clearly theater old makeup instead of um like the movie level intensity of prosthetic makeup so like it felt like he put which I think is the point of hold the finding the makeup book but he put His own persona in just better old age makeup than the people he put in the audience. So there was still a level of ego of this is theater production, but I'm better at it.
0: Yeah. I need to watch this one
1: again. (laughs) Like, I, I I think I needed literally the janitor i needed him to shed this final ego and i don't think i needed
0: let me just die on stage just fucking yeah. you know get halfway through your borrowed speech have a heart attack and then reveal that the audience isn't there and you're alone and yeah. dead in this fucking high school yeah
1: and I, I think showing an empty theater that's what i
0: mean by a payoff like solidify pop i'm that's here
1: <laughs> i'm bothered too that we still get this implication that Our female character has a connection with him, even though they both walked their separate ways after we killed off the dancing version of Jake. Like, why is she in the audience treating him like she's his old wife there? Like, why is she like, go get it? Like, she should have just been another face in the crowd just being like, oh, I'm applauding you because your ego won't let this go, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I, I don't like that he's supposedly letting go of it, but he also isn't. If that makes sense.
0: Make as much sense as this film's gonna make for me, love. I I I vote that we watch this again. Maybe we do Oh a, I really want to watch it
1: again. Yeah,
0: maybe we do like a the same thing that we need to do with the Joker where it's like a year from now, let's revisit, let's go and see if the Joker happened inside of the Joker's head or if that happened in the real world. I say that we put a thumb on the map to do a one year comeback to this. <laughs> and see if uh, it makes sense a second time with a second pair of eyes. I I like this film a lot more now that we've sat and had a conversation about it. Maybe that was the point overall uh, than I did when I was initially watching it. Because when it ended, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. But hearing your theories on it, maybe it is just a thinker's film.
1: I, I haven't... I don't know that it would be top 10, but it it might be top 20 favorite films for me. Uh, Well,
0: I'm bumping my percentage (laughs) up to 85%. You've moved me from 70 to 85.
1: I I just incredibly well acted, incredibly well shot, like incredibly compelling. Like I, I think the end for me raises some questions of what I have made those choices if this was my movie, but I... Standing ovation on my end of fucking, fucking phenomenal God. film. <laughs> God damn right.
0: That's the first time we've said it in a long time. What's the director's name? Um, Kaufman? Charles yeah, Kaufman? it's
1: definitely Kaufman. Um, yes, Charlie
0: Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. So, good job, you.
1: <laughs> it's the first
0: time I've been able to say that in a two-star for a long goddamn time. That was fucking brilliant. You ready to go eat, my love? Yeah you have any closing points any bits of trivia that we didn't get to no my um, my last bit of trivia um if you watch this film which i hope you did before you listen to this shit or else we ruined it for you um if you watch this you're gonna see a lot of references to a play from 1943 called oklahoma that i've never seen um in the weird dream ballet sequence near the end of the film where the janitor winds up stabbing dude and you're like, what the fuck was that all about? Um, The dream ballet was originated in 1943's Oklahoma, so it's yet another little nod to a play that I've never seen. That's my last one. If you guys um, are looking for plugs, you can go listen to our last episode we did. I'm hungry, my wife looks tired, and I'm a little drunk. So, (laughs) got anything else, my love? I love, you. I love you and i love you guys and we will talk to you on
1: saturday night is all right fighting
0: that's close to the lyrics but nowhere near the rhythm of saturday night is all right for fighting by elton john go look that up too that has nothing to do with oklahoma that guy is a gay guy from england <laughs>